0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America N.A., member FDIC. All
1: right, welcome back.
0: The ball don't lie right here on 104.9, the horn. Um, We were just talking about there's a lot of NFL news, notes, and nuggets out there. Can't even get to all the NFL stories because there's so many of them. There's actually a trade rumor report out there about the Cardinals trading DeAndre Hopkins, which a former Texan who (laughs) trained DeAndre. That was was the first sign that the Texans were headed toward a downward spiral (laughs) as an organization. When they traded him for was a second round Uh, pick?
1: Yeah, I don't even know if it was. It was a
0: second round pick and like David – David, was it David Johnson?
1: David Johnson, yeah, yeah, it was David Johnson, the the, the fantasy, it was fantasy football legend that never panned out for you, yeah, yeah.
0: And now DeAndre Hopkins is still a really good receiver. He's he's only thirty years old, um, so I know there's some talk about where DeAndre Hopkins will end up there. And and he's not as expensive as I thought. I thought he'd be expensive. I know he signed a big deal, so he's not that expensive. He doesn't have a thirty million dollar cap hit, but his salary is uh, you know like nineteen million, as you pointed out, hard. So my my concern for the DeAndre Hopkins trade. If you're DeAndre it's not for DeAndre Hopkins cuz I think he'll work damn near anywhere in any system. Yep. Um but if you're going to bring in DeAndre Hopkins, um man, you I don't know if he's on the downward trend of his career at 30 years old cuz he's had injuries lately. No. Yep. And he's had, had, suspension. The, had the PED thing. Yeah. And maybe pops back right back up and becomes a top 10 wide receiver, which is easily. why he
1: took the PEDs.
0: That's what I want. No, <laughs> no, know, that's, that's, that's exactly you know
1: what, what that? I want. I going to be the top ten I wa- wide receiver. I wonder if
0: he see, the skills are fading a little bit, yeah. and the injuries are starting to mount up a little bit, and if he maybe tried to you know, take the PDS uh, to ward off for the time.
1: So he did get traded to the the Arizona Cardinals for David Johnson, was it a second round, second round pick wow. in the twenty twenty one. They got a tw- what draft was that that they had down in. That was 2020 and the 2021. The Cardinals received a fourth-round selection from Houston. Oh, you gave them picks, too? Yeah, yeah.
0: In addition to that. Yeah, oh.
1: yeah fourth-round pick <clears throat> and the 25th pick in the round, which is 131st overall. All because
0: Jack Easterby yeah. didn't like DeAndre Hopkins' uh, lifestyle. Exactly. Off the field. Remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah, that is too many baby it, bombers or oh, whatever man. it is. It's, it was a weird, strange. That's why story never. Here. That's
1: why they never signed um, oh. Cromarty. Yeah, there, there was a lot of no, 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 that. Was yeah. The Texans just yeah. decided
0: at one point, and no longer they want to be kind of a faith-based organization. Mm-hmm. And I always said this: you ain't Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A is one of the best and greatest faith-based organizations in the world because uh, they got some great nuggets. The customer service is immaculate. It's on point. Uh, right? it's on point, and the product is well, it's just it's just fantastic. I mean, it's yeah. tremendous. The product sells itself. That ain't you, Texans. So you can't be a faith-based <laughs> model. Uh, Because your product sucks, all right, and your service is bad, so you cannot do what Chick Fil A did. So you need to move away from the faith based model, and they were oftentimes evaluating players based on you know whether they were, uh, whether they were. Whether they were driven by their faith or right. whether they were men of Christ, nothing wrong with that, by the way. Uh, God bless all those who want to uh, walk in the light. But that's no way to run an NFL organization. Correct. And that's what the Texans were trying to do. Correct. Now they've got real Jackie to be. They've moved on from that. But that was what, He was one of the kind of you know he was basically one of the victims of that philosophy by the Texans. They decided to move on from DeAndre Hopkins, and then we all paid the price. Yeah. We all had we, to pay the price. And, and as, remember, that was the, at the beginning of the Sean Watson. I know you ended up wanting to leave him, wanting him gone anyway. Right. But remember, that's what upset him. That was, was that,
1: definitely not a faith based situation. <laughs> <laughs> that was no, definitely was not, not that. Yeah, and with an organization
0: <laughs> trying to uh walk with the Lord. Right. Deshaun Watson, that was yeah, that yeah, was not that the was right not the look. he that was he was not the right man to be the face of the team. <laughs> I think we all agree with that going forward. For sure. All right, let's move on. Let's get into some uh Texas uh football discussion. We'll talk about Texas TCU here in a second. Uh they got a uh, game tonight. You can hear that game right here on one oh four nine the horn. Uh Craig Way anyone on the call. We'll get to that preview here in a second. But let's talk football here for a second because uh Holman Wiggins reportedly was contacted by Texas to have preliminary discussions about uh, whether he should be the top candidate to fill the wide-receiving coaching vacancy after Brendan Marion took the offensive coordinator job at UNLV. Holman Wiggins did work with Sark, his first uh, two years at Alabama, actually, 2019 and 2020, he was on that staff with Sark, so there's some familiarity there. And since, Holman Wiggins has ascended to become one of the best wide-receiving coaches in the country because for a while, and I think even it'll come back again, Alabama was a bit of a wide-receiver factory. They were wide-receiver U. At right. one point, had four first-round wide receivers. They were lining up out there um, and ended up with one of the, uh, the greatest, most prolific offenses uh, in college football history. So I have no problem with Holman Wiggins. I think that would be a great choice. He's known as being a great talent developer. Uh, he is from California, so I guess you'd have mm-hmm. California ties there in uh, recruiting. Um, so I, I like that move. Um, there are some people out there, and you were talking about this earlier, Harge, who, pre- who would prefer someone with more local ties.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't nec- only- and it doesn't necessarily have to be just the state of Texas. I mean, Louisiana, we could go into Louisiana and yeah. get some of those guys yeah, out of right there. right about that. We can actually go to uh, Georgia and go get those people. But, I, you know, because one of the things that we've noticed throughout some of the coaches that have been here, you have to have those ties to Texas. You have to have it helps. some. It helps. Because the high school coaches association want their guys to play in, in Texas. Mm-hmm. And if you can get some of those players, because, I mean, look at what Jontae Cook is here. You know, that's a big-time player that is coming from DeSoto to coming to the University of Texas. So I'm cool with that. But even with, even with, um, with Wiggins, I'm cool if that's going to be the guy, but he has to have some roots here in the state of Texas because there is a ton of talent that's right here that is probably going elsewhere and thinking the bigger picture. Now going to the SEC, you're going to be in the SEC soon, so that should play a part as well. Yeah, he actually has almost
0: no Texas ties. Right. At all. But, I mean, I don't think that's a bad thing, but there are, if that's something that you prefer or it's a preference or part of your criteria, he does not really have that, so he'll have to you know build those connections. And I'm sure that he has over time because Alabama recruits the state of Texas a lot, but in terms of actual natural too. natural yeah. ties uh, via his uh, coaching resume, doesn't really have those. But I, I, I like what you said though about you know LSU or not LSU but just Louisiana in general. Yep. I yep. think LSU and I think Louisiana uh, or even going to the state of Georgia because if you look at states that are producing the most NFL players per capita. You're talking about Texas you're talking about Georgia, you're talking about Louisiana, Florida and California. So he's got California ties yep. and that's probably why Stark likes him too cuz he can help recruit California and mm-hmm. Texas wants to be more of a national uh recruiting uh program and that's why they got to short choice who's got Georgia ties. They got, you know, Terry Joseph and um you got, you know, the uh man what is it, Terry, Terry Joseph and who's the Brandon Harris?
1: Brandon Harris. Who's yeah. the other Louisiana? Uh,
0: you got those Louisiana ties with yep. both of those guys. Stark has California ties. And of course, uh, you got Texas ties all throughout that staff. So I, I, I'm with you. I, I think that losing because um, they lost Gilbert, yep. who was their Chris do, Gilbert, director, director of, of high, high school, school relations, or, yeah. and he he was he had ties to DFW, yep. and DFW is one of the the re, re, rec, most, most fertile recruiting grounds in the country. Period. I no mean, doubt. even it's more fertile than most
1: states. <laughs> yeah, no DFW
0: doubt. DFW basically is more fertile than every state except for Texas. California, Georgia, and maybe maybe Louisiana. That's about it. But every every, DFW gotta lock that down. So to your point, if you want to bring in a director of high school football relations who's got those ties, like Chris Gilbert did, or bring in a DB coach who's got ties to DFW, that would help. But DFW and H Town, you gotta have ties to those two. Uh, cities in in, in Texas. Yes, we love Central Texas, and Central Texas is producing a lot of talent, but nobody produces talent in this state like Houston and Dallas. Like I said, only four or five states produce NFL talent at the rate that DFW area and that Houston do.
1: I agree 100%, and that's why you know we have people looking at us, and I went and looked at Holman's uh, recruit, Holman Wiggins recruits for 2023 (laughs) that are committed to um, the University of of the University of Alabama. Alabama. Uh, Jalen Hale from Longview. He's he's there. Jordan, um, renowned from, from Tyler. He's okay. on there too. So uh-huh. he's got two Texas, Texas kids. Uh, both are four stars, obviously. Okay. Alabama has that trend. So I will give him some love for that. He did get in there and get some of those kids. But when you start looking at the bigger picture to it all, I, I just want to make sure because the rest of the people that he's recruiting – Uh, wichita kansas because it was a juco uh, florida oklahoma and alabama the other players that he's uh, that, that he's recruiting as of right now.
0: Yeah, you got a checklist when you're hiring coaches, and depending on the position, depending on the circumstance, you're going to prioritize different things. Part of the checklist has to be recruiting, right? You got to yep. be uh, have a certain level of recruiting, you know, uh, efficacy, if you will. Yep. Can't um, stop, won't stop. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I think <laughs> it's, depending on the position, sometimes recruiter, the uh, ability to recruit and having that as a skill set is more is is emphasized more, prioritized more than other positions. Say like at running back. Oftentimes the running backs coach on a team or the tight end coach on the team, they're not necessarily great talent developers, but they're usually ace recruiters um, because oftentimes there's some positions like running back uh, you know take it doesn't take a lot of you know take a lot of great coaching talent not nothing against bucky takes coaching talent but oftentimes those guys can transition a little naturally it's a more of a natural skill set um, and an intrinsic skill set for those guys and you don't have to work as much technique and fundamentals at other positions hell offensive line really tough for those guys to make a quick transition because you know you got to build the strength levels up and you got to get your grown man body got to put on all those types of things so for a wide receiver right now I bet Sark is prioritizing talent development he's a guy that can actually maximize and really build the the talent skill level of this wide receiver room because last year you know we and I like me some Brendan Marion love me some Brendan Marion I advocated he'd be here for years it regressed. Your best player got worse in Xavier Worthy in that room. Uh, Casey Kane regressed. You couldn't even find a third receiver, really, a consistent third receiver. The only bright spot, really, in the wide receiving room this year from a talent development standpoint was Jordan Whittington. It's not going woodwit. He made yo. it through an entire season. So you got to focus on getting a coach in that is going to be able to develop that talent, the drops from Xavier Worthy, playing through contact, being able to get off a jam, guys getting better at route running, being able to create separation, all those little fundamental things. If not, that's going to be a big part of why the passing game just regressed. And there's no doubt it did regress
1: last season. No doubt. I mean, there was just so many missed opportunities. And one of the things that you are is a technician, right? And – they weren't technically sound they were in a lot of situations. Sound, no. and those are the things that in that position, you have to lead these guys into that. Whether they want to learn or not, you have to make them learn. We can't; These kids can't be – you can't walk around on eggshells with kids anymore because they still want to be coached up because they want to be great. They mm-hmm. want to be great. That's why you go to the big schools. You mm-hmm. want to be great. Right. And if the big school is coming at you, they feel like you can be great. So, go in there and get the work in. And if they're not doing what they're supposed to do, spend the extra time with them, spend the extra film study, show them that their routes are trash right now. They're not moving in the right direction. Their hands, they're dropping them. Look at the thing. I mean, I'm not saying that that's not happening, but you have to be even more so when you do see things start to fall off.
0: Got to be consistent. You got to be. Um, yeah, so we'll talk more about the uh, the vacancy for the wide receiving coaching position on the 4 Because Rashad Samples, another name, keeps coming up from yep, Arizona yep. State. Um, and Emmett Jones was a popular name. Man. And checked all your boxes hard. Yep. I know my man Jeff Howe was a big fan yep. of Emmitt Jones uh, for this vacancy. But that is not going to be the case. He's going to take the wide receiving coaching position at Oklahoma. Man. Um, so there you go. So that's another name off the list. I brought up, hell, uh, go look at the NFL and go look at Eric Yarber, the uh, Rams uh, receiving coach. We know Sean McVay, thinking about retirement, has, uh, has basically given all of his coaches permission to look for other jobs and to go get interviews with other teams. Go check out Eric Yarber. He's the only coach, I BS you not, the only coach <laughs> that's been with Sean McVay the entire time. He's been with the Rams. He likes Cali. The only one. That's I know it. he likes he Cali. But Sark does too. So Sark, yeah. go over there. Go talk to him. <laughs> see if he'll come to Texas for to Austin for a chance. You know who else likes uh, Austin? Californians.
1: Yeah, they do. Californians they already love been Austin.
0: Here. They do. They love it. So get Eric Yarbrough down here, man. He guy definitely knows how to develop talent, no question. But, yeah, you brought up a great point, though, Harsh. If he don't want to recruit, he can't, yeah, he can't he can't play, can't, here. can't coach at the college level. Exactly. You gotta gotta wanna recruit. You gotta have the heart and the passion to want to do that. Uh, Christian Jones, good news. He is returning uh, on the 40 acres. It is official official the offensive lineman. That means you will have ten of your eleven starters returning from last season, and you will have all five of your offensive linemen returning as well. Hard that's it's it's been a while since Texas has been able to say that. Oh, uh, I wanna say the last time they said it was like two thousand thirteen. I believe was the last time they returned all the offensive, uh, or 10 of 11 starters. I I was going to say say, 10 of 11. At least 10 of 11 starters on the offensive line. I'm sorry,
1: on the offense, period. But you're right. I mean, it's been a long time since we've had that conversation and and really believed in the team. Now we know that the development needs to continue to grow. But when you have that senior who, super senior, so to speak, because he came back, Mm -hmm. he showed a lot of growth. This past season, he got better and he wasn't the liability that we were talking about prior to this season. We saw the maturity. Now you still have Jake Majors in the middle of the line. We already know what our man Kelvin Banks Banks is doing. DJ Campbell is starting to Mm -hmm. do some things. This is an opportunity for Texas to become. I don't want to put it out there that far, but this is where they're priding themselves on depth now and you got five stars that are coming in four and five stars on the line and if we if they can believe in the development of Kyle Flood and what he is giving them this could be a game changer for years to come especially we heard about the big humans the big humans mm-hmm. you're bringing back guys that now are in competition for positions there's going to be a fight to get on the field. And if you're fighting to get on the field, that means, what do you say every day, Rob? You guys were sharpening iron. That's mm-hmm. what it was. We're going hard against each other every single day. So each rep matters for everybody that's involved now.
0: Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I think it's really good for my my concern, though. It It, it is the same group, basically, that played yeah, in no. the Alamo Bowl against Washington. Very fair. And they did not Perform very well. They did not meet expectations in that game. Uh, they have what you that call, they call success rate. Success rate is basically when you get fifty percent of the yards to gain on first down, seventy percent of the yards to gain on second down, and a hundred percent of the yards to gain on third down. Texas actually was second in the Big Twelve uh, in rushing success rate overall. But if you look at rushing success rate before contact. They were last in the Big 12. Rushing success rate after contact, they were first in the Big 12. What does that tell you? That a lot of that work (laughs) that was being done on the ground game for Texas was being done after contact by the running backs, making guys miss, force broken tackles, Mm -hmm. getting to the second level, having great vision. NFL running backs, that's what they do. Not saying you don't have those guys right now, but in that bowl game, that's what we witnessed. Yep. You witnessed the worst big – basically the worst Big 12 rushing team mm. before contact. And you missed out on your extraordinary tackle breakers, all yeah, right? Your yeah, guys yeah, who yeah, were just yeah. extraordinary had been to make guys miss. That was Bijan, who led the country in broken tackles in 2022. And it was actually a pro football-focused record. Yep. And over the last two years – my man Rojo had a higher broken tackle rate, actually the highest in the country, higher than Bijan Robinson the last two years. So you really saw how much you missed those guys in the ground game, and we did not see the offensive line be able to make up that difference. Yeah. And compensate for those losses. You gotta have that next year. I love Jay Brooks and I love Kenny Robinson. They ain't Rojo and they ain't Bijan. Right. Okay. They're they, gonna be really good. They, they ain't definitely gonna be, have to they, get better. They ain't gonna be that good that quickly, and they may never be that good.
1: Ever. No, no, no. I'm talking about the line. I'm not. No, t- no, no, yeah. no, I'm, not yeah. no I'm, not yeah. I'm not talking. I'm
0: talking. No, no, not. I'm talking. I just. Oh, no, I know not. you weren't saying that. I know oh, you weren't saying that. No, say- no yeah, yeah. way! I know you would, no. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: would no. never put that out yeah. there like that. No, I like them. They're like talented. Em. That ain't the same. Nah, that ain't the same. That ain't the same. That ain't quite the same. And don't forget, we got Cedric Baxter coming, too.
0: Yeah, Cedric Baxter,
1: nice. Yeah, yeah. But until, uh, <laughs> until he shows until he does
0: stuff that Bijan did on the field, then yeah. at, we'll still call Bijan a generational back. There the way, we go. And I'm sure Cedric Baxter's going to be really good. Um, but Bijan was special. And you had another guy in the same backfield that was also special. We
1: definitely got to figure out how we're going to go about it what are we going what are we going to put it on we got to try to figure out there's no mustard coming over there oh no we, we got to uh, <laughs> uh, yeah we
0: got to figure out something because uh, whatever happened in the Alamo bowl was uh, not good we that, couldn't remember it that ain't it Yeah. that ain't it coach uh, all right uh, we'll get into let's get into this Texas TCU preview just a little bit um in this matchup what do you think is going to be the biggest factor in a Texas win
1: well the thing that we talked about earlier is Stand out of foul trouble. Okay. You can't this, this is gonna be an ugly game. Both teams are gonna try to be physical. They're gonna try to set the mark. How are the refs gonna to call this game? And and you also gotta look too, as we talked about, they don't shoot the ball that well from the outside. TCU so, does not. So is is Texas going to go out there? They love the man to man and Rodney uh coach Rodney Terry made them look better mm-hmm. this past week against uh Oklahoma State, but then you find out Oklahoma State is not a really good shooting basketball team either. So is it going to be that dirty again, that, that muddled up type of basketball game? I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it being that. The main thing that I keep looking at is how are we going to handle the inside? Eddie Lampkin Jr. is six 6'11", 263. Mm. That's the thing that I was talking about from earlier in the season is, we don't have that rim protector. Nope. And if they can get inside to be able to do so. Not saying those the, the the bigs for Texas, who truly aren't the big bigs, but not saying they can't go in there and battle, but how are you going to do it? Don't get into foul trouble because this is going to be one of those games. We may be up all night trying to watch this thing.
0: Yeah, that's a great point, though. You talked about the depth. And that's something that Texas hasn't – have at their, I think, an advantage for Texas yeah. that they are so deep. Um, talked about how uh, earlier, my man Patrick brought up that Rodney Terry. You can see that he's, you know, using more of that depth, utilizing more of that depth than Chris Beard like to. Um, maybe that's something that'll help them out in this matchup versus TCU. TCU, just like Texas, defensive oriented yep. team. Uh, they really really kind of muck up the game, um, and it'll keep them in the game until you know crunch time. And I think that's where Texas and our TCU are gonna have to separate themselves. much it's like the Oklahoma State contest. Correct, uh, Texas. Correct. It seems to me the formula for Texas, their vibe this year is their defense is going to keep them in every game, um, and their stars, Marcus Carr, Serge Barry Rice. If that's going to be him, who knows? maybe it's going to be Tyrese Hunter. Whoever it's going to be, um, they got to find a way to make clutch plays in clutch time. Right, and I, I believe that's going to be most of the Big Twelve. It's the Big 12. It's the Big 12. I think that's going to be the Big 12 in a nutshell this year. Great defenses keeping guys in it, and then clutch players making clutch plays in clutch time.
1: Here's the other part of it, too. Texas has to slow down TCU's fast break. They they lead the nation with 21.7 fast break points per game. That's how they get up and down. That's how they beat you. That's how they get you where you don't have a chance to get your big man. back. What's that number again? 21.7 points per that's, game. That's
0: like damn near a third. Of yeah. their average points per game, yeah. anyway,
1: It's fast. Break. I think they're
0: averaging like sixty-eight yes. points per game, which yep. is not very high. It's actually they're one of the worst offensive teams in the Big Twelve. Uh, Three-point shooting at around thirty percent. They're not prolific. That number, though,
1: yeah, is what non-line. they are. They get up and down the so, floor. So
0: yeah, you can shut that down, or at least cut that number in half. Cut it in
1: half. I, I'm, I'm good with you cutting it in
0: half. Yeah, you cut that in half, man. You yeah. really take away one of their strengths because offensively, they're not a juggernaut. I yeah. mean, they're, they they really count their defense to set the tone. Keep them in games, and then they got a, a really nasty trio. Uh, Emmanuel Miller, the senior forward, Damian Bob, that senior guard, and you've talked about Mike Miles. That's really the the heart and soul of the team. Those guys are the ones they're going to try to get the ball to in clutch time or when they're in the rut or nope. when they're going to cold streak. It'll be one of those guys to break
1: it. No doubt, no doubt. And just one more thing about them, TCU ranks third in the Big 12 and eighth nationally in plus um, plus minus, they're plus 5.7 mm. turnover margin. They're plus 5.7. So it goes back to what you are talking about. You got to cut them fast break points in half and cut down your turnovers in half against this team right here because that is going – to be the tail of the tape if we continue to look at this game that way.
0: Yeah, because usually they play with a slower pace, TCU yeah. does, uh, but you're right. Once they get a turnover, they want to run. Getting it uh, to the rim, and baby. And Texas got to cut down the turnovers. Therefore, you'll cut down on them having the ability to get out on the break. It's some of those fast break opportunities. Uh, all right, well, uh, come back. we got to talk Super Bowl Wild card Weekend on the Ooh, other yeah. side. Thursday and Friday, though, we'll be breaking down all of the Wild Card matchups. We'll give you a little preview, a little taste, a little appetizer on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie. A wonderful horn.
1: With back.
0: Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. And the featured movie for midweek movie music, Varsity Blues. Was the last time you watched Varsity
1: Blues, Arch? That is not the one that I've been flipping through the channel and I'll stop not for. It's not one of them. It depends on the scene, though. Oh, uh, well, uh, yeah, you, you know, catch it at yeah, the yeah, whipped yeah, Or you. this right here, the Hoffa teacher, was when they went to the uh, strip, strip club and, club and, and the teacher too.
0: sitting up on it. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's that was a uh, decent scene, too. Yeah. At the Landing Strip.
1: At the Landing Strip. I don't know
0: if this is, they filmed it, but they walked out of the Landing Strip. It was like, yeah. right there, right? I remember that scene. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, Varsity Blues, I haven't watched it in probably, hell, we might be talking about 15, 20 years since I've watched Varsity Blues. Hey. It's been a long time. Already. It came out in 99, right?
1: I, was tw- I think CB said 24 years ago today. It might it have been. It Sunday. might be. It
0: might be 20 years
1: yep. since I've watched Varsity
0: Blues. Yeah. Actually. Maybe is it worthwhile? Has it, does it stand the test of time? Have you seen it, youngster? Corey, when's last time you watched Varsity Blues? I, I saw it probably like when I was like thirteen. But my movie was always Friday Night Lights. That, that was mine. That always Friday played. Night okay. Lights is a decent. Okay. Yeah, I guess. What's your favorite football movie? Because it ain't Varsity
1: Blues. Mine, for me. <laughs> no, mine is Any Given Sunday.
0: Yeah, mine's probably Remember the Titans. And Any Given Sunday is right there too. I love yeah. Any Given Sunday, yeah. but it's it's Remember the Titans. It's is probably my favorite yeah.
1: football movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'm I'm strong with uh, Any Given Sunday. Any I Given Sunday is good, so I, I like that. it.
0: Some people say it's too cheesy. I play in the league. I don't think it's cheesy at all. Right, exactly. I, I, knew some, I knew some people just like that in the league. <laughs> I was just you home did play for, for the Giants, didn't Man, you? they hit home for me. I was like, hey, I recognize that scene. I see a lot of um, this going on. Yeah, Corey, what's your favorite football movie? Uh, it's definitely the Remember the Titans. Probably Friday Night Lights, though, just because I've seen that one so many times. Friday I, was, I have a Boobie Friday Miles one. jersey. You know, yeah, there you shirt. go, Boobie yeah. Miles. Nice. Boobie. Yeah, he, he was he was cold, so Bo- I like that movie a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Worst football movie? Maybe the one that Kevin James plays Sean Payton. Yeah. And that, that's how bad it is. Though. I didn't see it. I've never seen it either. That's what I'm saying. But I'm just gonna a... guess that's yeah. it. a lot of people
1: <laughs> didn't like draft day. I don't know if y'all saw that. Draft.
0: One. Yeah, people didn't like. I didn't think it was that bad. I liked it. I like Kevin Costner. I like. Though. I
1: like draft day. I'm a Kevin I thought it was cool.
0: Yeah. Oh, so was it the program? The program is a great football movie. It probably should be listed and yeah. discussed. Oh, here. for sure. Great football movie. For sure. Holly Berry. Holly Berry. A young Omar
1: Epps up in that joint. Check this out. Omar Epps oh. played a track star a football star (laughs) and a basketball star. that dude was a scholarship athlete on three movies, dog. Hold well, up. How in the hell was he tall
0: enough to play a basketball star? He
1: was the guard.
0: I know he was. I know. Love yeah, he loved basketball. Yeah, But he was. there's no way he, he would have been that, that tall. No, He'd be a running back for whatever. He was, was It there. E, was it ESU. What was the school yeah, back then? I think it was It e. was ESU. something yeah. weird like that. Yeah. It was supposed to be Florida State, basically. the
1: ba- Basically. Basically, it was supposed to be Florida
0: State, yeah. in the program. So he
1: was a track star in higher learning. I about that. Yes. Wow. Wow. My man had three scholarships, dog.
0: Man, and and look at man, looking like Mike Tomlin the whole time. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> looking like Mike Tomlin the whole time, man. Right? He could definitely oh. put, If there is a Ken bio pick of Mike Tomlin. it has got to be Omar. it has got to be saying. Omar. Epps. We're <laughs> done with the casting, <laughs> yeah. man. It's done. Nobody dumb.
0: else need, need apply. <laughs> I good. love that. Uh, all right, let's get to a little we're, obviously we're going to preview the super wild card weekend tomorrow and yep. Friday. We're going to break it all the way down uh for you. So no need to worry about that. Is there any which one? these matchups in the Super Wild weekend intrigues you most, which one do you think there's a bigger chance for, I guess, an upset or something?
1: Excluding the Cowboys, let's say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Cowboys don't count.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Because they're on Monday. Yeah, well, yeah, good point. And we'll talk about them enough, too. But yeah, give give me the ones outside the Cowboys. Good point.
1: Uh, the, the, The two games that I really want to see is the Chargers and Jacksonville. I think that is a game that intrigues me like, because yeah, yeah, I'm with you because that. there's so much expectations on Justin Herbert mm-hmm. and is Doug Peterson going to be able to bring everything out of Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, um, um, Christian Kirk? Kirk. You know, yeah. Zay, Jones. Zay Jones. But that defense, that defense plays well enough. They fly to the football. What's the other guy? Josh Allen, the defensive end, mm-hmm. can fly to the football. They have a quality team. So, and, and, again, Justin Herbert, we gave him so much praise, so much praise about his golden arm and what he's been able to do. But don't forget who Brandon Staley is as his coach on the sideline that can put him in a bad, bad position. You know why? Because my man want to go for it on fourth down when he doesn't need to go for it on fourth down. He doesn't take the points when you need to take the point. Mm-hmm. Each game now is magnified. It is magnified. So that would be my game number one. That's most intriguing. I, I, and the other one I would go, And if I had to go with the uh, NFC, I would say San Francisco and Seattle. It's a divisional game.
0: Is a divisional game, uh, and, and, and that, that was a little intriguing to me just because of the uh, the Brock Purdy element. I know Brock Purdy is playing really well. He's playing like the best quarterback in the league right now. Uh, but at one point, you would think that he'd have a bad game or an off game, and we haven't really seen that from him, hoping it doesn't come in these playoffs. Uh, but getting back to your Chargers and the Jags game, uh, the reason I like that, I think that the game's going to come down to two things, two factors. Trevor Lawrence, Mm -hmm. who is playing right now, not joking, since November, he's been playing like a top-five quarterback. He is second in completion percentage, 69%. Nice. Third in passer rating, 104.6, and eighth in total QBR since November, since the start of November. So he's balling out of control since then. But Jacksonville, so on the flip side of that, Jacksonville's defense, although average, Mm -hmm. some would even call it mediocre, They are exceptional at forcing turnovers and getting takeaways. They forced 27 turnovers so far this year. They've scored 111 Mm -hmm. points off of those turnovers, that is tied for the most in the NFL. Dang. So if Jacksonville can force the Chargers to turn the football over, that is also something to watch. And just watching that Trevor Lawrence is playing good football. And I agree with you 100%, I I trust. Doug Peterson, because when they they hired him, I said that was a home run hire. I trust him more than I trust Staley. Mm-hmm. I, tr- I, just,
1: I right. just do. I, so, he, it, he's going to make you <laughs> – Yeah, I go, just do. You're going to lose your mind watching that game if Staley goes back to the Staley that we've seen yep. for the last few seasons. This is a huge opportunity and a momentum shifter for both teams. For both teams. Now, we know that the the Chargers aren't going to win it all in uh, – In the West, but they can get to the dance in the West. But the Jacksonville Jaguars are now putting people on notice. And that's what I keep thinking about with them. Yeah, they, they seem to be ascending. They
0: got yep. their coach now, and they got their quarterback. Yep, that's 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 eighty percent of figuring, exactly. it, figuring out how to win we'll in the NFL. The you got a, you got a Super Bowl winning head coach, and you got a phenom prodigy Number and quarterback who's starting to play play really good football. Yep. Yeah, Jacksonville's a dangerous team to watch. I like that. Uh, to your point about San Franks, I know we're up against the break. I'll give you a stat. Going to give you a couple of gambling stats about San Franks. I was doing some research about this matchup against Seattle. Um, so they swept Seattle in the regular season. Yep. They are the 20th team in the wild card era to face an opponent a third time after sweeping them in the regular season. Those teams, all right, are uh 12 and 7 straight up. Wow. All right. The teams that did the sweeping, they broke well, out a 12 ropes. and 7 straight up. 12 and 7 straight up. 9-9 nine, nine and 8, 9-9 nine, nine and 1 against the spread. Straight up. 9-9 nine, nine and 1 against the spread. Yep. San Francisco's 16th team to ride a 10 game winning at least a 10 game winning streak into the playoffs. How about this? The last 20 years, so mm. last 20 years, San Francisco's 16th team to ride at least a 10 game winning streak into the playoffs. You know the teams who had those 10 game winning streaks are just 7 and 8. Come on. 7 and 8, straight That's up. That's a huge number, man. And 2 and 13 against the spread in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. Hey ay ay ay.
0: Something about riding that wave, man. Like yep. it, it comes to it, you, know, you want to be hot at the right time going to the playoffs. Another quick one: since nineteen ninety, rookie quarterbacks ten and seventeen in the playoffs, three and ten over the last decade, four, seven, and one against the spread on wild card weekend in the last twenty years.
1: Against the spread. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. On, um, on wild card. On weekend. wild card
0: weekend. We're talking about rookie quarterbacks yep. here. Mm. First time starting quarterbacks as home favorites in the playoffs, 8-14 straight up, 6-16 against the spread since 2002. Since 2002, first time starting quarterbacks making their first playoff start, 18-36 straight up, 17-36 and 1 against the spread. Oh my goodness. I would say history is against the 49ers. I'm picking the 49ers. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's
1: his story. It is his story. It is his story. But we've
0: never seen a rookie no. quarterback, by the way, take their team to the Super Bowl. That's what the 49ers are also uh, trying to uh, set a precedent Purdy! or set history. Yeah, man. Pump fake Purdy. Whoever thought it I'm would I'm going to start
1: calling him Purdy boy. And I'll give
0: you another little random stat now. Because the the, the uh, 49ers will have their third-string quarterback leading them into the playoffs. The uh, first time that I can remember, you have three different teams who have used at least three different starting quarterbacks and made it to the playoffs. Wow. The Dolphins, yep. 49ers, Ravens. All third-string quarterbacks still going to the playoffs. Crazy. That's good Damn coaching. good coaching. <laughs> Damn good coaching. I <laughs> will right, we'll come back, wrap it up, put it in <laughs> right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn. Papa Tom again.
1: Mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash? Man? Oh, yeah, you know, I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer, I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay, it's five o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already five o'clock here. It's time for what's on tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That good. That's good. That up again.
0: All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Here we're going to wrap it up and put it in the oven. Before we do, we'll let you know what's on tap. If you missed any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. We were just talking about Omar Epps. At least hard was that he had played in so many sports movies. He had been, you said,
1: football stuff. Football track and um, <laughs> basketball. basketball. Loving basketball. Right. And then I'll get a text from my man, Quan Cosby. He goes, Hey, don't forget, he was in Major League, so he was baseball. So my man was a four-star He was athlete. in
0: baseball, too. Yeah, I, I think he's in a conversation for actors who've played the most athletes in sports movies of some kind. I think Wesley Snipes, Kevin Costner, and strangely, like, Randy Quaid is, are in there. So, like, something like that. All right? Those are the guys, I think. I'm oh, sorry. Dennis yeah. Quaid. Dennis
1: Quaid. Quaid. Dennis yeah. Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Well, right, I was, was actually in a movie with Dennis Quaid. Yeah. The Rookie.
0: Oh, that was really? filmed yeah. here,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I yep. think if you start looking at it, I guess you got to put him in that conversation too. No doubt. Yeah, that's uh, hilarious. That is so weird. Actually, no, it's both Quaids because Randy Quaid played in a, he played in Major League. He played in oh, that's uh, right. Days of Thunder. But he
1: wasn't an athlete in Major League. In he was Penn, sitting up in the fan. stand. He was, he in was a fan. He was a that's that's right. so he's
0: played a lot of sports. But it's the Quades yeah. period. It might be the Quades period. Maybe they're just uh, the family, family. Yeah, yeah, the family that's been in the most sports movies. But I know Kevin Costner and Wesley Snipes also in that conversation. All right,
1: random conversations. What you got on tap? I'm going to watch the basketball game. Hopefully these horns can you know bless the mood one more time.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm going to go home and watch this uh, matchup between Texas and TCU uh, tonight. Uh, Corey, what you got on tap, man? You working, ain't you? Yep, me and my man Cole going to be here running the board for the game. So. There you go. As a hard-working man That's out right. there. And shout out to my man Patrick. He's there working uh, the game, too. Uh, by the way, uh, tomorrow we'll get into all the wild-card matchups. I promise you we'll break them down. I already did all the research. Yep, yep. need more research. Uh, we'll break down every matchup and we'll give you our predictions. I guess tomorrow we should do our Super Bowl Predictions yeah, I'm and down with that. We should just mine predict. is
1: pretty. Mine is pretty cut and dry. But okay. I'm gonna tell you one of them. My man, Smooth Joe. He's too oper- He's a smooth operator. Are you already picking
0: the Bengals to oh, that? Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. The Bengals. They, they are trending they, in
1: the right direction.
0: They're playing better than they were last year. My concern would be the offensive line. They lost Alex Kappa with an injury, yep. and they also lost Lyle Collins for the season. So my issue would be their O line. But other than their O line. Uh, I, Honestly, he went can't to the really- Super Bowl as the most sacked quarterback he did. I think he can do
1: it again. He did, but uh,
0: diff- a different NFL this yeah, year, though. Yeah. Very different league this year. Um, but you're right about that. I, I, I like what they're doing. So we'll make our predictions for a conference championships. Also, we'll get into our Super Bowl predictions uh, tomorrow based on you no know, the playoff contenders. And we'll give you the breakdown starting tomorrow, and then we'll get into that Wednesday as well. We I know my man Hart uh, is efforting for us another special guest for right. you. I'll just tease that. won't even name any names. But well, uh, we're going to expect another special guest coming up potentially uh, this This week too, Um, so we'll get into that. Thanks to my man Derek Johnson, legendary lifetime Longhorn Hall of Famer, in like five, six different Hall of Fames. Yeah, yeah. So I think you got to refer to him as Hall of Famer and legendary lifetime Longhorn, Derek Johnson. He joined us at three thirty. You missed that conversation? Please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with it there as well. Uh, All right, I want to thank my man Corey and thank my man Patrick for all of his hard work. Thank my man Harge uh, for his hard work, and thank you for listening. Remember, the revolution will not be televised when we talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves. But more importantly, take care of each other. Texas basketball coming up a little bit later on. Listen to it right here on 104.9 The Horn with Eddie Horn and the voice of the Longhorns, the one and only Craig Way. Love you guys. Peace.